Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm joined by Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson, creators of the podcast, Guys We Fucked, and author of the new book, Fucked, Being Sexually Explorative and Self-Confident in a World That's Screwed. I loved hosting these two women for an extremely frank and fun discussion about confidence and self-acceptance sexual shame, masturbating with your imagination. Hey, that's a new concept. Ah, the right way to communicate before a threesome, why it's important for women to celebrate other women. Yes, even the hottie your ex is sleeping with and embracing your sexy imperfections once and for all. All this and more. Thanks for listening. I went over to my best girlfriend's house to cheer her up after a recent breakup. Of course, I bought her a care package that I thought would do the trick. And not to brag, but I nailed it. I hadn't seen her that excited since prom. See, I'm pretty gifted at gifting pleasure, but the combination of the magic wand rechargeable and a pint of ice cream had her this close to forgetting about her heartache. She had no idea that the magic wand was now unleashed from its cord. She couldn't believe it had four intensity levels, four new vibration patterns, the same mind-blowing power as the original, and can easily be used in any room of the house. And hey, she can even throw it in her bag on her next date. When she's ready, of course. And get this, I haven't heard from her since. So I think the two of them will be very happy together. But let's be honest, who wouldn't? The Magic Wand Rechargeable is the sure thing. To get yours, just go to magicwandemily.com or click the banner on my website today. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Hey, Emily, you got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. Well, you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com. Check out our podcast. We release it two times a week. If you don't know that, and you can easily subscribe to the podcast and check out all the blogs. We do post things on the website every day so you guys can have better sex and relationships because that's why you're here, right? And also social media is an awesome way to stay connected per usual at Sex with Emily across the board, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and Twitter. I'm jumping into the show because my guests are here. I just, I'm so excited to talk to them. Um, a very special guest. They just flew in. They came to the show. I have the infamous women from the podcast, the very popular, amazing, successful podcast, Guys We Fucked, or F, asterisk, <laughs> asterisk, asterisk, D, right? No, yeah, 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 If you guys don't know. <laughs> Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson. Hi. Welcome to the Sex with Emily podcast. Hi. This is a big moment. It I'm is. so glad you guys are here. Two sex podcasters uniting. Yeah. And in honor of your new book, which we've all read in the office, we're very excited about it. The full title, I'm just going to, I'm really excited getting off and saying fuck so much, I said on this show. Right, so go for it. Fucked, being sexually explorative and self-confident in a world that's screwed. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It feels, it feels really good. So if you guys want to follow them all, this will all be on the website as well, but it's um, all your social medias at sorry about last night, Facebook and Instagram. And then there's the at SRY about last NYT. That's our Twitter. Nailed Twitter. Mm-hmm. I did. I nailed that. Yeah. Tell me about you guys, how you met, how you got started. And for people who haven't been listening to your podcast, um, 
I love the story. So let's just get into yeah, it. Yeah. So I uh, moved to New York City to uh, intern for SNL. Was my what I wanted to do. And my first internship was with a management company, talent management called Lehman Entertainment. Corinne was one of the three people who worked there. So I was pretty much I was her intern, uh, which is how wow. we met. I was a sophomore in college. And I had, you guys met that okay? Yeah, yeah, and I had just graduated, and it was I mean. Being an assistant in the entertainment business in New York or LA is grueling. You're Ugh. working super long hours. You're not getting paid a lot. So an intern was extremely helpful. Christina was very helpful when I was crying at my desk on like Friday nights at 10 p.m. because LA likes to take their time in sending things to New York. And <laughs> true. Uh, so yeah, and like every so laid back, every Friday chill, would happen. Flaky. You know, and I'm in my 20s. I want to go out and live a life. And so Christina then approached me one day and said, I'm doing a stand-up comedy show. Would you have any interest in coming? I did. Uh, She was very good, very charismatic, funny jokes. And I had been kind of like undercover, been taking classes at like UCB and going to shows, like spending all my nights in comedy clubs. And so we started our comedy duo, which is called Sorry About Last Night, which is under the umbrella that Guys We Fucked is under. Okay. Yeah. So we just started stand up at the same time. We would produce, for Sorry About Last Night, we would produce these like really wild, weird late night shows where we would make, we would get like donated vodka and make punch, you know, jungle juice with it and like drinks for donations. And at the end of the night, we're like, I hope we have enough ticket sales to pay for the venue. I was like, yeah, like he said donated. We were definitely stealing those from like employers. Yeah, we saw it. <laughs> of course, no, I mean, exactly. Uh, one, the one real estate company I worked for did donate it, but I made it seem Extra. like it was for a cause. Right, right. The cause was us. The cause, yeah. Exactly. Everything's better. I was thinking of like actually as, I'm like, should we have some wine? It's Friday afternoon. But we're not. <laughs> we could. But you had such great chemistry. Did that happen right away? Were you guys taking the classes together? How did you both? I mean, there's so many comedians in the world, we've just right? been working together for a really long time. Yeah. We were talking about this uh, earlier. Like, we have a twin thing. Secret language. You yeah. know, twins speak a secret yes. language. We speak that language fluently. Yeah. And sometimes we'll say like... 15 word long sentences at the same time and we're like what the fuck and we we have to go shopping together a lot of the time so that we don't buy the same thing even though we have different senses of style yeah. but we'll come down from the hotel in the hotel lobby before our show and then we're both wearing the same thing we're like oopsies yeah when we're on tour we ha- we have a we're a very interesting track record of coming down in the same color and style where it's yeah. too close. We used to so go formal ca- the same time or casual the same time. It's weird. I think it's maybe we, under- we understand the guys we fucked audience so well that we know yeah. what outfit is called for on any given day in any given location. That's a way, better way to say That's it. That's a great, I love that. There you go. <laughs> I love the positive because you guys are both like glass half full. No. I mean for comedians, no, I read That was things. me bullshitting. Okay, fine. But who really, but you, she's, she's glass half full. Aspire. She is empty. Glass empty. Mm-hmm. Totally empty. She is yeah, empty. it's pretty empty. Mine's overflowing. It's well, so that's why you guys opposite. balance each other out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We all need that, right? So the, and that's in the part middle of the humor. Is that's the reality? Perfect. And we all go down and up. Let's be honest. Like my, I would like to say I'm glass half full, but a lot of times it's you know it's, it's dark. But yeah. You guys help each other see the light. Sure. And you help your listeners. Well, you know. Well, one thing so, we have in common is our sense of humor, and we right. both like laughing at dark shit, like really uncomfortable things, and so that's what that's what bonds us. I want to hear the story about when you actually started, like the whole like let's do a podcast about guys we fucked. Okay. Take uh, it away, Corinne. I mean, Corinne, this is your story. The very uh, clear impetus for this was me being dumped in a Panera Bread by this guy that I was dating for two years. And I mean, not just any guy. This is, I thought, was the person I was going to spend the rest of my life with. I called them my idol couple. I'm like, yeah. You guys really? are so cute. I, I want to be like you guys. And it wasn't fake. I mean, it was a, lot a great of it, relationship. A lot of it was a great. But you were like in your 20s, not 
early 20s. It wasn't the age. It was, I mean, he was he was 30 uh, when we ultimately broke up. But I mean, it was, it, I think it was just, you know. Like it was when, your first one, right? Your first serious no, relationship. I had, yeah. a, I had a five-year relationship before okay. that. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it just, I needed to like go on in my career. And I was more like supporting him in his career, which is, I think, what a lot of, especially men need. And now the person he's with is that person. And she seems great and like a great fit for him. But, you know, I also think that she maybe has some dreams that she didn't pursue fully because she was supporting him. Right. I got it. Okay. So you got dumped in the bread, Panera Bread, which isn't even a great place. Let's be honest. I don't (laughs) know. I was just there last night. Really? And I kicked, there's this homeless (sighs) guy who was very schizophrenic and he was saying racial slurs. And I was like, you need to leave. And then I was like, don't stab me. <laughs> and then they fucked. Yeah. They fucked, right. We did yeah. another, right. Everything <laughs> happens at Panera Bread. Okay, so then you were like, after you got dumped, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, we should just start a podcast. Well, I was heartbroken. Fuck. I mean, I was going I'm through I'm sorry, like, went th- I didn't mean to be like, well, you're in your 20s. I get it. Heartbreak no, it was hard. Like, no, no, I get it. No, it, it was fine. I just, it just wasn't, it wasn't about the age. I'm a, kind of a very old, old soul anyway. It was just the timing and what uh, he needed from me and what I needed from a partner. Have you ever gotten dumped before that, Corinne? No, and right. it's also like the first time you're dumped is terrible, especially if you don't expect it. Even if you look back, right. no, it's signs. always terrible. It's it's the worst thing. No, right? Yeah. It's a rejection of who you are, exactly, completely. Exactly. And um, yeah, and so I just spent a year wallowing in a pool of my own self pity. We were working together, making a lot of sketches, uh, and still doing live shows. And I just really immersed myself in in comedy. And then after a year, I kind of pitched this idea to Christina. And the idea for Guys We Fucked was very much like John uh, Cusack high fidelity. Like, let's go back and interview all the people we've had sex and relationships with to use it as a mirror to hold up to ourselves and find out what we could do better. Right. And then that very quickly uh, changed into number one, you just are who you are. It's not so much that you need to change everything about yourself. And opened up this much larger conversation that got a lot more serious than we expected. And, and we were just inundated with emails about things that we have no level of expertise in. And <laughs> yeah, kind zero. of had to read and research and, and, and didn't catch know up. it happened as often. Like, it, we have a well, very unique window. And I feel yes, like you probably do, too, when you hear yes, from your people this listen. This is my neck, yeah. Into what people are ashamed of sexually, excited about sexually, and are want to talk about but just won't because they the know person they're go- having sex exactly. With. So let's talk about that for a minute because you're, you said uh, your audience knows you, what you'd want when you come down, you know, the outfit. But they do. They really don't. You feel like your audience knows yeah. you, and you know your audience now. So what have you realized? What surprised you? Because I know you did. You said in your book, which everyone has to check out the book, which I love the way it's written. It's fun. It's light, but it's also got like it's got it's media and light at the same time and entertaining and comedic. Oh, oh yeah. Let's get into the Instagram live. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hello, I'm excited. We're in the middle of a podcast here and I've got guys we fucked here. I've got Corinne, I've got Christina. All the guys we fucked. All, all the, and guys. all the guys we fu- all the guys they There's fucked already outside. If I get over there. Okay, you guys, they're awesome. We're sitting here, we're having we're just getting into their book. Check out their new book, okay? It's fucked. You should all get this book. <laughs> you see it? Being sexually, I can't read Self-confidence, it Self-confidence, sexually explorative in a world that's screwed. Thank you. In a world that's screwed. <laughs> and we're getting into it now, so, so welcome. Thank you for joining us. This is a good time to be here. Okay, so into your book. Well, we'll get into the book and everything, but no, you did say in the book, thank you very much, that you were surprised that people started emailing you. You got the podcast. Yeah. You started it four years ago? Yeah. Four years yeah. Ago. 
and you're like, holy shit, these people are emailing like with all these questions. And a lot of it kind of came down to like shame and not accepting themselves and feeling you're like, wow, people are really going through some things. So what what have you learned? What have you? Well, tell I me mean, about, I, tell, I, tell I think me about that shame. Yeah, I think I mentioned in the book I very succinctly. It's that I realized from doing the podcast what a different experience I've had living my life because I haven't walked around carrying shame and how differently I see the world. Uh, and I think that's like for my half of the podcast, I think that's what I'm br- really bringing to the table. Just I, I when people come on and, and tell their stories or uh, email us, sometimes I'm just sitting there. And I really just feel so disconnected from these people because I can't imagine having gone through these 32 years of my life carrying that weight. Like life is hard enough feeling good about yourself. So if you hate yourself and are ashamed of what you look like, what you love, what you believe in. I mean, that seems to me like an impossible feat. It is. But but you were saying, though, that if you're more glass half empty, then yeah. you don't have a lot of the shame. So where does all of your other stuff come from? You think? Uh, the reality that people are terrible and the world is a bad place. And I mean, it just I mean, for like me, what's our purpose on the planet? Existential angst. Per- yeah, it's like purpose. I mean, I, I sometimes I can't fall asleep at night just because, you know, because I'll watch like a, something like the confession tapes on Netflix and two uh, young men were wrongly accused of murdering the one guy's parents and then I can't sleep for a week. I right. mean, I don't guess that's not normal, but then again, that upsets me greatly. No, I get it. I get it. I think <laughs> like, either we're wallowing in our own stuff or we're like, then you get to a point where we're like, I actually love myself. I do. And look, the world's such a messed up place. I think yeah. those are our choices because the brain, we love suffering and we don't love suffering. We can't help it that we're wired to go towards some suffering. Some comfortable so we, with it. We're comfortable. It's like a comfy blanket and we get into suffering. But I think also that's where our mind I mean, the minds don't default towards happiness. They just don't. Like the Buddha Mm. was all about suffering. If you go back to like every self-help and every kind of... I hate suffering. I know. I I, I don't love suffering. Yeah, right. But that's our default. I don't mind So we do what we can to bring it up. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, she 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 doesn't mind (laughs) Right, exactly. Well, you know, hey, we got to make comfort with our whatever it is. Okay, so let's talk about the the emails and the... So from women, so I love the way you guys talk to your listeners and talk to women and the advice you give because it's kind of like, I think it's so opening because women do worry so much about let's let's just start with it with their vaginas I love your book Mm. like I'm like could you pick your vagina out of a lineup like I had Lark and and Jamie come over this morning I'm like which vagina are you because it's like women I didn't have the same thing like maybe because I wasn't watching porn as when I you know was growing up learning about sex there wasn't porn as much where I might have worried about other things, but never my vagina. So that didn't carry over to me, over into me right now. But there's a lot of vagina anxiety. Well, I didn't realize there's a. I think there's a moment with in every woman's life where she realizes that not all the vaginas look like the one I have. Right. And I didn't know that until like later. You thought they were all like the same, kind of like we have five fingers and yeah. we have like, right. Yeah. Okay. I and think it's cooler that they don't look. Right. I know. Like, you never know is. what you're gonna get. I didn't know about like like when you like when Corinne started talking about like meaty pussies. I'm like, what? What do you mean you by mean that? Meaty pussy, right? Yeah, because I didn't know what that meant, and then yeah. So I, I think, think the it's... first mention I saw, uh, that I even rec- like recognized that that was a, a weird or different thing was on like the hills when they used oh, to really? call like Lauren beef curtains or something. <gasps> they oh, put yeah. that on TV on the yeah, hills. They did. Well, oh, that's terrible. It that's where it terrible. started. It's it, it's it's the festers hills. everywhere because it I mean does. I got through like twenty eight years of my life without 
ever even thinking or noticing that I had anything different or weird or less valuable between my legs. And so it's funny because actually doing this podcast about confidence, like I feel like I'm giving my confidence away and then people's insecurities, I have to really, really be careful to protect myself from them kind of coming and infiltrating my bubble because it's it's hard people project it's hard not to it's hard not to take that on to you and then start thinking like oh well maybe I should have been worried about this the whole time am I just a huge narcissist which I absolutely am but I don't think but also confident always a bad thing cultivating confidence is the most important work that we can do Mm -hmm. on the planet for Mm -hmm. men and for women whoever you are on the planet because we just it doesn't naturally come so easily And since we talk about sex a lot, people, women and men, we have a lot of insecurities around sex. So what would be a message that you think is the most important thing that you tell? Like, I I feel like I'm always saying this, but I love the way you guys just sort of talk about your nipples. Oh, yeah. Well, I think with women, it's like, like yourself first and know how to pleasure yourself first. And those two things. And then when you know what makes you come and you know how to, you, you know what you like, then you could you have the tools to at least enter a sexual situation with a partner and say this is what I like and this is what I don't like and and exactly. so exactly the most yeah. important thing so how okay so how did you guys know that did growing up did you masturbated right you oh I masturbated like I humped everything in the goddamn right. house uh, I from didn't. like five onwards. Uh, yeah my yes. first so boyfriend taught be, me how to masturbate yeah. did yeah I mean Good I was for- like. I, I had just turned 18 and he was, I mean, going on 26. So I was very lucky that I had Panera, someone. Panera? No. Oh, different guy. Yeah, before my college boyfriend <laughs> who I dated for five years and he was great. And I was I was really lucky to have someone who was so sex positive and so uh, not uh, knowledgeable and like accurate knowledge. Right. Not like, <laughs> not like fake, hey, right. fake, fake news. Fake sex news. guy right. knowledge. Yeah. No, that is really great for formative years because most women and I you probably get this from your emails I know every day we get emails why can't I have an orgasm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm insecure about st- you know sitting on top he's gonna look at my boobs he's gonna look at my body and yeah. really it just basically they're about orgasms and I always say you gotta know your own body what makes you feel good and mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how else to like and it's, no matter how many ways I say it we still get the questions and every day of course there's new listeners but it's just really the most important work you can do and sex is going to get better. I was thinking about this the other day because there was a news piece on female sex dolls, sex robots yeah. and it was very I was very creeped out by it at first cuz I'm like Ugh. but then I thought cuz I don't I didn't hear of them making uh, male ones yet and uh, maybe they have I just haven't they, known. but I'm yeah. like I think the women women actually could use a male sex yes. doll so they can experience what it's like to fuck without giving a shit about what the exactly. other person thinks of you. Exactly. And that's women. I think women, and I was certainly did this to myself all the time. I always cared about, do I look, is this a good position? Do I look, I'm like, who fucking cares? Right. When you have an orgasm or your face, like it's not sexy. It, it is in the moment because you're both having sex and you idea, hopefully like the person, but you know, Sex isn't really that sexy if no. you think about it. Right. And everyone tries to pretend it is. They and are. Silly. I mean, that's, it's true. I hear from a lot of people who are sleeping with women. I would say women in their 20s, they're, you know, learned about sex for watching porn. Like, I don't understand if she's into it or not. I feel like they're kind of acting like the women in porn. Like, they're doing these things that are so, they're so out of their body. And I feel yeah, like these are the women who have not spent the time exploring yeah. and figuring out yeah. what makes them feel good. And I... And taking time with your own body, you know? And that is the sex, the the irony of it all is that once you learn, that is the sexiest thing. It's not making noises like this woman in porn or moving in a certain way. It's when you truly love yourself 
love your body. Spend time in your bedroom with a mirror between your legs and like literally going, wow, look at my clitoris. Once I start to get turned on, it swells or it's hidden behind this clitoral hood. I mean, it's kind of, it's really great work to do. And you're like, that's mine and I love it. But until you do that or until you just, if you're comfortable doing that, if you're comfortable, yeah. I don't, you don't need to start with that today, but that is a good (laughs) exercise for everyone to do. Homework. Yeah, Yeah, no, I mean, it's homework. I I went to sex school. We had to make our Mm -hmm. vagina. We had to do things with like snow. We had to like, Sex school? Yeah. Well, I got my doctor. I call it sex school, but where I got my doctor, it was oh. like, it was sex school. I went to sex parties, but no, and sex school parties. But we, you had to like, one of the classes was we had to get up naked. Interesting. <laughs> extra quick there in front of class. And we had to like, look at our, you had a choice. Well, I don't think I ever told the story. You're looking at me like she hasn't heard this one. No, but we had to get in front of class. We could wear clothes or not. I think I wore underwear, but took everything else off. And we had to say like what we loved, what we didn't like. Hmm. And wow. What, it was really intense. And Damn. then we had to, yeah, I know. But it's really cool because you're like, oh, I, why don't I love this? And I could really, I looked at it. I'm like, do I really like hate my neck or whatever it was, my like elbow? And you're thinking, oh no, I'm actually, you know, I'm beautiful the way I am. And then we have to go home it's and dance learned. around and do all, it's, it is Like shame learned. is made up. And I remember I, I've, taught, I've had this example for when I was in fourth grade, I remember we did a project, like a fact sheet about ourselves and we had to write down our weight. And I remember overhearing a woman go, I, I'll never tell somebody what I weigh or never like days earlier or whatever. And I was in fourth grade. So I remember writing down my weight and covering it up. And my teacher was like, why are you doing that? And I, and in my head, I was like, women are supposed to feel insecure about their weight. Right. And so I'm like, I don't want anybody to know. And I was in fourth oh grade. God, and I remember like your mom or from your, not my mom, my mom, not at all. I got a lot of shit from my mom. Right. Don't get me, that. don't get me wrong. Um, we should throw the moms under the bus, yeah, but not yeah. that. Right. No, not with that. But uh, yeah, I just remember overhearing it and going, Oh, I guess this is how we behave. I don't know. And right. so it's, I think of that example and then I think of just all the ways we're fucked because we're really being presented with things that aren't realistic like opinions of ourselves and we're I know we're we're adapting them just because we're leading by example or something well I think there's like a hard push to love yourself I don't even think it's you should love your soul as far as your body I don't even think you have to love your aesthetic body I think you just have to accept that that is what you yeah. have and realize that you have the choice to either you, know, you can you can work out you can diet you can make it better or you can just say you know what this is how I am and this is what I like and I'm going to accept that this is what I this is what I have and this is what I look like and I'm going to do the best and I mean the important thing is is like are you healthy do your parts work correctly I mean that's so much more important do they bring you pleasure do you know how to use your body to get the things that you need that's that's more important. So like not it, love, just even be neutral. Don't hate. Yeah, it. yeah, just accept. Like it's this all is what I have. Si- you know, every, everything could always be better. I mean, that's no way to live. Right. Well, like right, <laughs> living that you're. Oh, questions. We've got questions. Oh, guys, we fucked. <laughs> Hi, Corinne, Christina. They're awesome. Hi, ask. Yes. What are the steps you can take to desensitize from these unrealistic standards of sex? I think first things first, masturbate with your imagination. I, that for porn, me, right? you're not porn. Yeah, you guys go back I, and forth. About porn. I do porn. I watch porn a lot, yeah, and right. then I'll 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 challenge myself, and I'll be it's, like, just masturbate to your thoughts. Mental and challenge. It takes so much work, and I'm so disappointed because I'm like, oh man, porn is a lazy way. It is to just put exactly what you want to see in a search field and get it and come in like you know ten minutes, and it's you know it's just. You, you, you're more in tune with what you want and what you like and what you find attractive and what arouses you if you do it to your imagination. It's true. And yeah. that's, that's a skill too, building it. Like, cause what yeah. is your, what really Ask yourself turns you on? Ask yourself what turns you on. Because I think for a lot of women, 
it's very confusing why they're not turned on at the same time as their partner, right? Like, why, why don't I want, when he walks in the door, for example, a heterosexual couple, he's ready to go. I'm not, because women aren't, we're not, many women not as in touch with what actually really truly turns us on. What is our erotic theme? Think from your pussy. Lives? I've told a lot yeah. of women that. Think from Breathe your pussy. It. Right. Think, <laughs> think from it. Right. Come up with your own stuff because then it's just more top of mind. I think that women like they get blindsided. A lot of them, they're like, I didn't even know sex was happening or it's coming or I don't know what I like and I don't know my body. Yeah. I mean, I think when you're using your imagination, a lot of times you're going to be using real people in your life. So they're not, they're imperfect already to start with. And I think that's interesting. So you, you know them, it, it humanizes them and it highlights imperfection as still being hot. Whereas in porn, you're seeing like the person acting their sexiest looking their sexiest and then I don't know it just feels like a big show to me I like porn I digest digest a little bit I just get too wrapped up in like how people are being treated so right, from right, doing this right, fucking right, this podcast so, yeah. right. so how doing I was ask you guys how it yeah. has did we answer that we answered that how do you think it has changed your views of sex doing this podcast for oh, four years because I a lot first of all I feel like there's so many questions ever about being kindred spirits in that way like there's we've been doing this and then also I've talked yeah. to you about dating but go ahead how has it changed well one thing I didn't think that I think now is I truly feel like 97% of women have either been raped uh, sexually assaulted yep. molested uh, something and, and, and yeah yeah and and half of them who at least email us have never told anybody and uh, I never understood why somebody would stay with an abusive partner or why somebody wouldn't report a rape. And now, oh boy, do I understand. Oh yeah. Hearing horror stories of like, I went to the police, I did all the right things that you're supposed to do. And then they just asked me what I was fucking wearing. Right. And I'm like, oh, what right. Fuck? Well, you should have worn a t- button to the top. Oh right. yeah. Terrible. Right. I mean, but- yeah. I mean, for me, it's been kind of nice. Like, because we, t- I, we talked about, we talk about sex so much that I don't have to think about it in my regular life as much. So it almost created more space for me to care about other things. So you were, okay, so before the podcast that you were then consumed with sex and relationships or just how to have... Yeah, more, I mean, more so, just definitely like more interested in sex than I am now. Not that I'm, it's it's so weird to say, I'm not disinterested in sex, but I just like... (laughs) We talk about it a lot. Other things are... I'm glad you guys have each other. Like I feel like I I have my staff too, but we're like, you know, yeah, you talk about all time and you're like people ask you do you get sick of sex talk about sex and I'm like I don't get sick of it mm-hmm. it's a lot of topics under the umbrella so sex much. and I didn't even realize oh my god it never ends right but you were saying that um yeah I just could I can make room for other things in my life right. and, and, and realize it, that other things are are equally important to me if not more so important to but me. do you feel like it's improved your sex life it sounds like you guys came out of the womb like yeah you know your bodies you're humping things no, I, I well, wasn't like that so I, I had shame to like learn for sex because when shame. I told my mom I lost my virginity when I was 15 16 she I was in a restaurant and she had never given me a sex talk and then she like walked out of the restaurant and <sighs> talked to me but the crazy thing is when she found out about the podcast obviously I held the I withheld the title of it for her for managed to do that for three years wow. and then she found out because uh, somebody <laughs> she posted saw the about book. it on Facebook <laughs> she didn't see the book but at that time yet but sell, right? everyone should buy their book um, it, my brother texted me and goes mom knows and I knew exactly what that meant <laughs> right. and so I didn't call her and she she was kind enough to not call me and yell at me uh, and she just waited till she cooled off to have a conversation about it and then come to find out why she had that crazy reaction when I was 15 years old to me losing my virginity she was sexually assaulted when she was 11 and she when she heard I was sexually active she was so afraid that that would happen to me and I was like 
you would have gone to the grave without ever telling right, exactly. me that. Exactly. We don't ask enough. My fucking we, mother, even my mother. Like, wow. It's that was insane. That was an insane moment. Right. And she probably hadn't even really thought about maybe or known what. That's why she reacted in that no. way. That's why this is the problem or the crisis around sex education, mm-hmm. which I truly think it is. Which is why I think it's so great that you, you know, that we're all doing these podcasts and you got people are listening and they're they're. They have places to go now where they can actually learn some useful information rather than people are just hiding it from us or repressed. They're repressed or they don't know how to talk about it. And I don't think we necessarily want our parents. I don't think we want to hear about sex from our parents. So that's where I'm kind of, my head's going to this, like, what's the bigger thing around sex now? I'm like, I want there to be stronger sex education. I can't talk to everybody. But I think it's like a peer thing, maybe, if you're training peers in schools or it's... The ants program or yes. something. Because I have my aunts. I have three nieces, and I and then all their friends. We get on Facetime, and I'm like, okay, this is what we do. But you know, it's like, what do we do? Because my I'm, parents might have failed, but I don't even actually think if I knew what the questions were. Like my mom was always like, if you have questions, you should come to me. I'm like, gotcha, I will. Like I didn't know what the questions are, and even if I did, I don't right. want to hear about you having sex. Yeah, at all. I agree, so I agree with. Is that. there because you were in politics? I have a question. Yes, I, oh. I believe, and if there's steps to do it, I'll I'll do it. How do we get? Sex education in the United States is at a, in a dire position where you don't have to teach. You can teach abstinence only if you choose a public school, which is insane to me. But ways to combat that is you get on the school, your local school board, run for run to be on the board and get elected and insert these things in the curriculum. Right. And that's even an uphill battle. But is there a way to propose a new legislation to require discussion about sexual assault, sexual abuse in uh, in middle school sex ed? Well, I think there should be. I don't think it's well right now. I don't think it's anything like that's going to happen in our yeah. government. But It'll if we wanted it to, anything. what would we do? How will we even start? Get a senator behind it? Like, I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, you would. I think everything um, starts locally with politics. So mm-hmm. I think that if you start local, it can go more global, okay. go national. So I feel like, you know, where you guys live, if there's like, yeah, local people, like there's a school board, actually. I know like in San Francisco, there's in here, I'm sure there's like the school board, school and county board, I mean, they are elected officials and they eventually want to be senator and that's why they climb through these ranks. Right. But there are school boards that are just to regulate those kind of programs. And, and you so, can be on a school board even if you don't have a kid. I could be on oh, my local school could, board uh-huh. in Manhattan. Yeah, you yeah, could be on the school exciting. board. Yeah, yeah, you could totally be on the school board. And um, it, it is- Because I'm paying the taxes for you're that You're paying the school. taxes. That's, that's where you would start. But I think a lot of it is programs that come in from outside of the school that's like a nationally recognized program that is sort of, maybe it's like some kind of digital, like it's online or it's uh, an app or it's something. Mm. People come in and speak as well, but it's, I don't think it's coming from the, the schools or the government. Each school oh, okay. has to decide if they want it, and then maybe there's some kind of because the dare was a government program. thing, right? Because yep. I knew. Yep. Corinne has a bit about dare in her stand-up, and it's like we know all about angel dust and PCP, but we didn't ever know that women had orgasms because that's not required for pregnancy, right? Well, we didn't what know about orgasms. We knew about pleasure. All it was all it was all <laughs> about fear, fear-based education. And so I literally yeah. think if we want something to happen quick, it's not going to happen through going through that. That yeah, going through the system. Yeah, I mean, in the in the book, I I talked about this website that I discovered while doing research for the book called Scarletine, and the here oh. I am at thirty one years old, oh, it's the best. learning more from this uh, website that's obviously meant for teenagers than I learned in my entire life combined. Uh, and that's why I wanted to point it out. I was just like, guys, go here. This is so much more valuable than like reading some weird article from like Maxim exactly. or watching yeah. pornography. I have to say, we have another question, but I was going to say the same thing is that for for the 12 years or 13 years I've been doing this Scarletine is the only is the one site that I've always mentioned it still is great so if you have kids or anybody like go there and learn and you about don't have sex. to have a parent be part of that if you don't right. want the conversation we have another question to. hello hi good question is there a way to mm. apologize to someone that you might have harassed or um, assaulted 
or better not to say anything. I think uh, on the situation. that's going to be very dependent on the situation and the person uh, is going to be responsible for knowing what was the last time we talked, what were the circumstances? Are my friends with this person's friends? Can I maybe check in with them first before I contact this person? Cause this person might really not want to hear from me. Right. But I, I mean, I think that in an instance where maybe you don't feel like that person will be traumatized, re-traumatized That's by hearing thing. from you because it was like a violent rape. Nah, I don't think you want to be like, sorry about sorry, that, by sorry, the way. Yeah, sorry about the rape. You're looking uh, good. That's yeah. going to feel, you're going to feel insulted and demeaned, you know, on top of everything you already feel. Yeah. yeah I think there's def- definitely different le- levels. I actually had a really personal experience with that this uh, over the past couple of days. I got this uh, DM on Instagram mm. from so- a comedian who I recognize the name as being a comedian. I honestly couldn't pick him up out of a lineup if my life depended on me. And he was apologizing for like a couple of years ago. Apparently he uh, brought me up at a show in a way that implied because of the name of our podcast that he wanted to fuck me and then wanted to explain that that's not what he and, and I was just <laughs> oh like God. and I get messages like this every now and again and I guess especially in times like this when 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 since like everyone's people, sexual people's emotions are flaring up and everyone's <laughs> right. afraid they're going to be next to and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I, I feel like he was just trying to cover his bases like right. and I'll, cover his bases and also like, like who take, have I assaulted let me go through my list he wanted me to congratulate him for this incident that number one did not affect me at all and also that I did not remember and then only almost got aggravated that I wasn't like, oh my God, thank you for being the most chivalrous oh, man. Oh. I was like, I, I was like, it seems to me that you just delivered a hack joke right. and that I was not amused by it. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, that's what it like, seems don't like you get to that me. Also <laughs> another thing too, like that kind of thing, like we get brought up on stage by, by com- male right. comics when it's done in a, in a bad taste way all the time. And, and it's to the point where I think the bigger point in that is like, it wasn't even a speck on my radar because right. that's how often it fucking like, happens. Yeah. All the t- well, that's the other thing is that it happens all the time. I mean, because all these things that have happened in my life too, these aggressions or sexual assault, not, not assault, but no, throughout I, my life it's happened. I'm like, that time, that time, that I've time. I've been and remembering the Emily. They're like, who's had sex with Emily? <laughs> this is me sex with Emily wherever right. I go. I'm like, huh, it's funny. Yeah, huh, I've never heard that one before. Mm. Yeah. Um, great question though. Thank you for that question. I think that was helpful. We're going to take a break. We love you all. Thank you for being here. Okay, you guys, uh, Corinne, Christina, Guys We Fucked, amazing podcast, their book, check it out. We're going to do a quick uh, shout out to our sponsors. Um, you guys get to go shopping in the sex toy closet. Yes. I know you guys get a lot of sex toys, but we said we're going to do a curated. We're going to pick them though. Yeah, yeah, it'll be really fun. I can't wait. Okay, so thank you for supporting our sponsors. They help keep this show available and free to you all. And we will be right back. A couple of months ago, I very proudly promoted the Kickstarter campaign for UV, a revolutionary product that I'm pretty sure was invented just for me. Well, thanks to you, the campaign was a success, and now you can order one for yourself. UV is the only product on the market that can sanitize sex toys while charging and discreetly storing them. It was my favorite innovation of 2016. Why? Because it solves two serious toy challenges at once. It charges and cleans your toys. That's right, you'll never reach into your goodie drawer again to find a lifeless, unwashed toy. Such a bummer when that happens. And it's so cool. It's an ultraviolet cleaning system that eliminates 99.9% of harmful bacteria found on sex toys. Plus, its onboard USB port keeps your rechargeable toys ready to go. UV is available in two sizes, the Go Play and the larger Home version. Believe me, I will be furnishing my home with a dozen of these things because... 
You know how many toys I have. Your support helped bring the UV to life. And now you can order one. To learn more, just click on the UV banner on my website or visit uvclean.com. That's U-V-E-E clean.com today. If you've been listening to my show for a while, there are two things you hear me talk about all the time toys and lube. And you also know I always suggest using them together. But what you may not know is that System Joe now has a lube specifically designed for toy use. Joe's H2O jelly clings to the surface of toys longer, so you don't have to worry about reapplying as often. Somehow they've managed to give it that extra staying power without being overly sticky, because who wants that? And since it's water-based, the cleanup is super easy. It's made with toys in mind, but the jellies are also great for couples play. Joe jellies come in three thicknesses, light, original, and maximum, so you can find the one that works the best for you. It's safe to say Joe Jellies are my new go-to lube. Check them out today by clicking on the Joe banner on my site. In your book, Fucked, being sexually explorative and self-confident in a world that's screwed. I love the term femasculated because I feel like a lot of the things that we hear from women too, you know, what is it about comparing ourselves to others, right? Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, I learned this at a young age, like I'll never be as good as being someone else. There's always going to be somebody. Right? So better, I feel like hotter, I learned this. Whatever. Right. So I don't do this. I mean, it's not one of my things. Like, thank God I have other things, but I don't often compare or think, why aren't I like that? Or why, you know, I do so many other things. Neither but, did but I that's, until was, that. was a way that, <laughs> until what? Until, I didn't either until the uh, ex-girlfriend Well, let's talk about the femasculation <laughs> of you, um, of Christina, but then yeah. let's talk about the femasculated, feeling like you're never good enough as a woman because we're yeah. constantly comparing ourselves to other women. Let's yeah. help women with this plagues us. So I was always, I always kind of felt uh, in my head that I was the hottest person, the the boyfriend that I had at the time had ever dated. And, uh, you know, not by a landslide, but like being, being, being attractive was important to me, way too important to me. And then I kind of started to let that go and realize, oh, there's like other things that to be good at, you could be proud of. And it uh, looks whatever, who cares? And, uh, and then when I met my boyfriend now, Steven of six years, when I first met him, he was dating a famous porn star right. and he had told me about it. And I was like, Storia. can we say this? Story. You talk oh, about her all oh, the time, right? She's I've on the show a while her ago. so many times. I'm like, can I talk about you on this? <laughs> The right. show in the book. And uh and and I was like, that's amazing. And then um Steven and I had like a really instant connection that I I filed him under my head as you can't date him, he's a girlfriend. So I kind of like categorized him there. And Stoya is a porn star who is beautiful, intelligent, really in like geeky and right. and into doing porn and making porn for women from the female perspective. And like she just she rules. Right. She fucking rules. And so when uh, I met up with Steven a year later and he was like, yeah, my girlfriend dumped me. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and then I started dating him and he was kind of getting over her. That was the first time that I felt so threatened uh, 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 by Stoya. And that would and, be tough. Yeah. And then for the longest time on the podcast, we didn't I didn't say her name because I didn't want to talk negatively about it. I feel right. gossipy, but I did have these feelings of like she is so sexy and so effortlessly sexy. And that is not who I am as a woman. I am a goofy person. I am, uh, you know, I, I can be, I'm sexy in a totally different way. So I felt so undervalued compared, like, oh, he was dating this crazy, exciting roller coaster of a person. Right. And now it's just, hey, I'm Christina. Right. And so I felt like shit about that. And then I was like, there is no word for the female version of emasculated. That's so fucked up because so many women always compare themselves to other women via the advertising industry right. and, and every billboard and every commercial. So and so, yeah. And then interviewing her was like, one of the most nerve-wracking experiences of my life. Did you because, interview her on the podcast? Yeah. Uh, okay. Three years into the podcast. I, well, two and a half maybe. Maybe it was two. 
but it was three years of me feeling that way about her. And I just, I, I remember one time having sex with my boyfriend. This was during that stage. And I, I wanted to tell him so bad. I feel like you don't like me as much. And I feel like your last girlfriend is so much sexier than I can ever be. And is more, is better in bed and is capable. And I wanted to, t- I remember sitting on the edge of the bed and wanting I'm like, I, something is not letting me say the words. And he would have been so receptive to that conversation, but instead I was acting bitchy to him or acting like I didn't give a shit and, and sweeping it under the rug. And like, when you feel that way, you, you gotta, you gotta go internal, but you have right. to start confronting it. Yeah, right absolutely. Cause it's going to surface into something very yeah. ugly. So, and, yeah. And then, so you did, you brought it up to him and you talked to her and it kind of took like everything else that you admit when we talk about our fears, when we talk about yeah. that kind of takes away all the power, the hold it has oh on you. Oh my God, why well, humanized her? Because right. I was putting her on the highest pedestal on the highest mountain in the clouds and then when she said on the podcast, she said, I feel like I'm standing on top of a pedestal inside of a garbage can because people treat her like shit. Yeah. She can't get an apartment. She can't get a bank account. She right. can't get, people come up to her and say degrading things when she's just trying to fucking go grocery exactly. shopping. And so I had her as this, but that's not, we humans do that aren't, too. Right. You know, and so you can't you can't put anybody on that pedestal ever. It's not healthy. It doesn't make any sense. And especially when you're doing it to the detriment of your own soul. Exactly. So that made me go. And I just felt all the weight of three years. I can imagine. Well, I love that. I mean, first of all, that's like an extreme like your ex was dating a hot porn star. How do you happen to know? And she's like hot and cool and smart. You can't be like, oh, she's dumb. Or you have to be like, she's everything. When we aired the interview and people were like, it's Stoya? Oh, I didn't know it was Stoya. I would have felt like shit too. I'm like, all right, all right. All right, settle down, settle down. But the reason why I like that story, because you've come through that. You've obviously, it helped and probably brought you closer. Now your sex is even better. Who knows? But I, we get those emails every day from women who are like, I'm really concerned because my boyfriend, you know, I'm really inexperienced. You guys get those emails a lot from mm-hmm. women who are like, I'm really inexperienced or I know that he's been with more women than I have or I know that she, you know, and that just all this worry about our sexual performance and that we're not going to meet up. We're not going to add up. And that's and so, not going to make you in the moment. Oh, exactly. And then you're not going to come. Is taking up. <laughs> what is your best advice for staying in the moment during sex? Look, look each other in the eyes. Yeah. Intimacy. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, going I, slow, like using slow. an acting technique. There's an acting technique uh, that uh, an actor named Josh Pice uh, created. <gasps> I can't remember the name of the acting technique, but basically, it's like you just have to be present in the moment. Moment, and when you find uh, your mind drifting, you literally say out loud, "I'm back." I use this technique. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm in back. my life, all the time. <laughs> Obviously, you can't say out loud during oh. sex, "I'm back," but I myself <laughs> all the time, "I'm back." All the time. It's called, I remember, it's called committed impulse. Oh. Um, and I think I'm back all the time because I have a really hard time staying in the moment. And I think a lot of Same. us do. Oh, do you know I, I've seems- left 16 times, but that's good. I'm back. I mean, I, it's so hard. Can you imagine? It's, it's hard. hard to be, I've always been this way. And now with everything else going on oh. in the world, to be focused, oh, yeah. Yeah. I like I'm back. Stephen yeah. and I did this thing recently where I was like, can we just have set like do foreplay and then like you're inside me and then we just like breathe and just like stay there and don't move we don't move except we breathe deep and it oh my god it was so hot that's tantra basically and i was very i was sort of this sounds silly but i've been doing this you know for a while and people were like oh tantra tantra i'm like yeah i'll get to tantra eventually like the kama sutra like i was kind of putting them in the same category that like you like one day i'll do those positions with your leg goes fuck that but the thing about Tantra, so I thought it was, and then I'm going to have a full body orgasm and I'm going to sit there for six hours and stare into someone's eyes. I'm like, I can't even like sit by myself yeah, that I get long. Time. But then I've started to do a little like Tantra light. I went to this five day retreat in Hawaii because where else are you going to do Tantra? Oh, sounds great. With this guy, but it wasn't even about, it was with John Wineland. 
and he's great. He talks about like the masculine and feminine. And um, there were singles, and then there was couples there. And there was also his girlfriend, who's a Kundalini teacher. Have you ever taken Kundalini yoga, no. which is also about like breathing into your pelvic floor and how we're so disconnected with our. It sounds like bodies. Italian cunt to me, but it's not. Okay. Well, Italian cunt? Like an Italian cunt. Oh, Kundalini. Kundalini, right? It does. It does. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to I just get that I out of my love system. It. It's amazing. <laughs> so, but, but what it was was, and I didn't really know what I was in for, but he was on my show and he was very powerful the way he talked about the way we are in our the way women are in their feminine. Well, we, a lot of women lose our feminine because we're sort of mimicking this toxic masculinity that we think we have to be like in the world to kind of compete with men. So feminism, what it kind of brought was, oh, we're going to be tough. We're going to be strong. We're going to be independent. You know, I know I'm very much like this in this, like I'm going to support myself and I'm going to be independent. I don't need anybody. And that's sort of how I was raised, which is super sexy in the bedroom, but um, no, but it's saying like, how do women get back into their, into their bodies? Cause we've lost a lot of that. And because when we are really in our bodies and feeling sexual, that's what we could get taken advantage of. And so there's just all these messages that society has passed down that we're not really in touch with our bodies. So that was kind of the premise of his podcast is in men learning to be men. Cause a lot of times we look at men and we're like, that's not sexy. Cause he's not, there's a lot mm-hmm. of layers. So the point is I went to this thing and really we sat there, we had to pick partners and I sat with this one guy and not met him. And we're, you know, we were there for a few days, but we would partner up and it was like 45 minutes. We'd learn these techniques and we sat there just like my legs. Like I sat on his lap with like my legs wrapped around you, him, but we have clothes. Up. No, oh. <laughs> no, there was no sex allowed. We all had oh, okay. our clothes on, but this was an exercise. So we'd be building up to it. And we had to look in each other's eyes. And then we had to regulate our breathing. So, which isn't Ugh. something when you don't really think about it, kind That's of starts to happen. It is uncomfortable with a stranger. Exactly. It can be very uncomfortable. Because you're vulnerable. And it's so intimate and so vulnerable. But, and we've been learning about bringing your, your, your feminine energy because men actually, the masculine, so you could even be a woman who's in your mess. So if you're a gay couple, lesbian, there's a masculine energy and a feminine energy with sex. Whoever takes that on, it's great. But for women, typically, the feminine brings the energy, right? And the mm. masculine brings sort of the more of the stability in a, in a sexual, in the sexual realm. So the man, he's supposed to regulate to my breath. So we're sitting there and we're looking into those eyes and so my mind wants to control it and be like, did he just breathe it? And he's like, no, I've got the, you know, we're not allowed to talk, but I'm just thinking, okay, he's going to pick up my breathing. And then eventually it didn't take very long, a few minutes. We're like staring at each other and we're in each other's eyes and we start, the breath is going and we're looking and it does. And then he says like, start bringing your energy. So I started just to like, and it wasn't like, he wasn't like bring it, but I was like, I started yeah. just to breathe into my pelvic floor, like all this stuff moving up and down. And I felt like it was the most intimate experience I think I've even had hmm. with someone I did not know. And there, and, and it could have asked, like I could see like this guy Were became so sexy. I was aroused. Oh, cool. I was aroused. I was turned on, but it wasn't like I wanted to, um, I wasn't sexually. I was present. You just present. I was present. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. How did you? How did you pick partners? Uh, Was it based on like were you physically attracted to this person? No, No? that's the thing. But here's the amazing thing: is that people who I was not, I wasn't attracted really to anyone in that way. But Mm -hmm. we, you realize, and this is I think the beauty of this work is that when you connect with someone on an intimate level and you're really present with them, I find so many. I found, I, found that, I found them very attractive. I found them very connected. Oh, yes. I wasn't looking at everything else does fall away. Yeah. And so you just kind of 
would move through partners. But there were couples cool. that were there working and they did breakthrough amazing work. And then there was, <gasps> there was like, this. Oh my God, about it. this is my next level stuff shit. I've been doing the last few years. It's kind of like on my own path because a lot of the stuff I've been doing on the show is, you know, I love, you know, giving advice and talking about very basic, you know, not basic, but you know, the tips, the stuff that people need to know about sex and relationships and Simple dating. Simple things one on one. No, but I'm saying is that yes, but so much of it is that we are just, we are so disconnected from who we are, from our bodies. 100%. We don't know what we want. We lose ourselves. We expect sex is an out-of-body experience where we're trying to please our partners and so I've just been trying to get back into my feminine, if you will. That's so my great. only thing with that is I'd be open to that but the whole time I literally would be worried about being like sexually Groped. assaulted. Yeah. Yep. But people who are going to take this court, you're in a safe space. Yeah. I don't know but I don't trust. I think some people, I mean, I know actually people in like the sex world who have it. taken like yeah. taken advantage of that position. So like how do you, like, how do you uh, what's your advice? Like yoga. It happens if you yeah. work at IBM. It happens everywhere. I mean, it happens. So yeah. how do you like kind of like calm yourself down I mean and it's like it's and not be cautious because that's going to make you not present if you're like right. are you going to fucking touch me wearing a mind I feel like now? you got to pick your people you got to pick like I knew yeah. like I you know this too you probably know a lot of people in this sex intimacy space and I haven't talked about note to listeners I haven't really gotten into this retreat that much and I really would like to but I feel like we were in a safe space everybody there you could just we'd been there for five days this wasn't the first day mm-hmm. it wasn't like sit down and wrap your legs around okay, someone look at their okay. eyes yeah. so I kind of knew that makes a difference you yeah. got a vibe but here's the thing we learned this and there was a few guys that I would pair off with we'd do another thing where the guy had to do not pair off in the room though yeah, or in yeah. a big room sure. and he had to do this thing where he was like Without speaking, he had to summon me over to him, like just not summon, but like to show I that I beckoned me, like w- would I want to go sit on his lap? And I just felt like he, I got this like creepy vibe from him. I did, like not creepy, okay. but I was like, that's interesting. And then I had to tell, so I, I told him, I said, I'm feeling not connected. He's like, well, what? And then they kept, they kept pushing you though. He said, well, what would I have to do to make you feel safe? Because okay. a lot of times we don't feel safe. So that was another tool we learned that if you're ever out with somebody and you feel like this could be going somewhere, but I'm not feeling so safe. I'm feeling like we had a connection, but he just went off the rails. He did something weird. He said, I'll come up to your apartment. You mm-hmm. say to them, you know what I would need right now to feel to feel really safe, to mm-hmm. feel to feel comfortable with you? Do you know what would really make me feel comfortable? And of course, they're going to say like, yeah, like what would you want? And you're like, God, well, I feel like if you um, maybe took a deep breath or if you kind of sat back or if you mm-hmm. just sort of sat here for a minute and talked, you know, and you're just like, oh, and it kind of resets the moment. So when this guy was doing that and saying, come over to me, I was like, I really don't feel like you are um, seeing me right now. Like I feel like your eyes are flitting around and I feel like you're kind of like not really present in this moment. So there's nothing that you're doing now that is like sexy and is making me to want to go sit in your lap. So we had to get really like real and honest. Every man needs to have that conversation though because I I really, I was talking to my boyfriend was really dwelling the 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 air right now he's like is someone gonna come at me and say I assaulted I'm like you don't have anything to worry about unless you assaulted somebody Stephen okay so like don't make it like but right. it's interesting because he's like men don't know they how don't. to communicate and they don't know what they're doing wrong and they don't and a lot of them are like that guy who was who you fell out of it with the trying to summon right. you across the room he could have had the best of intentions and just truly didn't know right. and he's there trying to learn and yeah I think of all and the that's other amazing women. I wish right. every man could go through this that. is the things that I've been going through thinking oh my god this is mind blowing work yeah. because when I start to think about what do we do about the what's happening in the world right now and especially in the states with sexual harassment and of course we could have talked about that for Ever, yeah. for days because my brain I'm up at night going like I can't talk about anything I feel like I need to figure this out we all need to figure it out and solve this and yeah. I'm like well what is it is it education like you know my friend's taking uh, at work right now he's like we're having sexual harassment day and he just sent me like a like a multiple choice quiz they're taking I'm like, is oh, it that's a good quiz work. or no, a shitty no but yeah. it's like which one of they these think- is harassment I'm like, dude. so I'm like that's not gonna work like I had to 
take that at CBS Radio, but but it's really just we men and women have not learned the, the right behaviors and mm-hmm. how to how to deal with each other. Like in the workplace, if it's not sexual, then what is the r- appropriate way? Then we what won't. is it exactly? Well, I think I think right. masculinity. I think there's this great documentary on Netflix called the Mass. I think the Mask I Live In. Yeah, the Mask I Live In. And Jennifer it was a, my friend. Oh my wife did god! That, that documentary, the so heartbreaking interviews with little boys about them. Can't I can't cry. act like a girl. I can't tell my emo- feel, some, you know, tell people how I'm feeling. That'll make me seem weak or girly. And I'm like, oh no! And I was at a weeks before I watched that. I was at a pool with my friend, and this dad and his son were in the pool, and he was about to jump. And the dad goes, "Come on, don't be a girl. Jump in the pool." I'm like, oh no! Right. Well, that's where it starts. But I think feeling deserving of pussy, straight men. I think that's oh, yeah. what that's a big thing of even if they don't outright say, I don't feel like I deserve stuff, but they, a lot of the actions would say otherwise. And it, it makes sense given what you're taught to be as a man, right? What is a man? And then that's so exactly. Toxic. It's so toxic. And then we're told, which is what we, you know, I think all we talk about in our shows, you guys talk about in your book a lot, which is such a good, I don't think we could say this enough that women are not put on this planet to serve men. No. They don't, our body, yeah. We don't owe them anything. We don't have to give them a blowjob. We're not giving them, you know, they don't like have to show us how to have an orgasm. It's like, we are responsible for our own sexuality, our own pleasure. And just that still, and even like I said, talking to my young friends, nieces who think like, yeah, it is about people are going to like me more because I do this thing. Or it's like mm-hmm. new pics. Was, I think I was listening to your show and you were saying that there was a girl who said, that she was getting dick pics and that she was saying felt guilty about felt guilty or like oh, I she feel was like very oh, young yeah she was young and she's like oh I feel like oh, I the TED should talk we said yeah. that we read her thing yeah I was like oh she was yeah yeah so it was 14. your TED talk I watched your TED talk she mm-hmm. was fourteen and she's like oh what do I do we feel like we oh because we're pleasers and we feel like well I should do this now it's like no you don't so this is the kind of unwinding but it starts mm-hmm. so young so mm-hmm. that's why I'm like yeah we could go to legislation at our senators but it starts with behavioral <sighs> stuff from such a young age so it's like how do we unravel everything that we've and, been taught and with the with the been environment right now it's like is okay wrongly. is louis ck a bad person because he did some really shitty things like i it's this war it's this like you're either great or you're a piece of shit and it's like well you can also be both i think i think right? you can be both absolutely and, I, and one of the things that i've been so fascinated with with the podcast is i've solicited emails from rapists on the podcast i'm like statistically we hear about rape victims every goddamn right. day there has to be somebody and the latest one that i remember reading was this guy who said he was he would see all these douchebag guys lie to women and play them and they would get laid and he would never get laid and so when by the time he turned 30 he cracked and we put ads on craigslist and raped the women and i was like <sighs> to me i was like well the first problem here is you thought you deserved right because he gets it, you deserve it. Like that's not. It's just there's so. I, I know there's so much. There's, there's so, so many layers. There's so many layers. There's so much to do. So I. But I think that um, even just these talking about this is so important to let women. I'm worried about. I'm worried about men too. But I am really. I'm worried about. Um, I don't know. Just everyone. I know. Keep doing the you good work. You could be more worried about women. It's, it's okay. okay. I, I, feel know, more I guess I feel women. like I say it all the time. Well, but because men, <laughs> feminine energy, we are ruling the the world. We just it's the repression of our. our but of I our always think energy, too, like fine. with the whole masculinity <laughs> stuff. I've been I've been like having internal arguments in my head of like, I do worry more about women, but then it's like, well, men need a hug too or something. Right. Something's up messed up with the way that they're approaching talking to women. Right. Cause I'm not angry. I'm like straight. really not angry at that. Cause I feel like yeah, it's, it's yeah, I no. can just see, I can see where it's all gone wrong and how we have to rewind it. And yeah. so I just, I, I'm putting this, I don't know, maybe we could all band together. I, I'm putting, know. I keep, like, I came in the other day. I'm like, you guys, I'm sorry. I'm just, we have to do something. We need to do something now. I need to figure it out alone because this can't go on. And it's like, not, it's a, it's a discussion like this. Yeah. We start talking and someone runs for Senate. Not me. I've done too many drugs and stuff okay should we, oh, should we do emails so everybody. Oh, so you guys right we've got emails 
Cool. Okay. Thank you guys for um for staying here. This is really fun. Oh yeah. Of course. Thanks for having us. Okay. So emails. You guys, thank you for emailing me on the show. If you have a question you want me to answer, that's amazing. Text ask Emily all one word to seven nine seven nine seven nine. Or you can also oh wait, when you do that, let me explain this. Ask Emily one word to seven nine seven nine seven nine. What happens is you send that and then boop, you get a short form right back on your phone where you can enter your question and contact details. Ooh. If you want me to call you um, and do what we're doing a future caller show, just indicate yes on the form. And if you want to go to the website, that's cool too, sexwithemily.com via the Ask Emily tab. As always, include your gender, your age, where you live, and how you listen to the show. Hi, Emily. I'm a 23-year-old hot and confident female learning new sexual experiences here and there. I was in a long relationship, and now that it's over, I'm proud to say I'm happier than ever. Am I setting my sexual standards for men too high by constantly masturbating and learning what feels good for myself when the reality of a one-time hookup to be that amazing is so low? I feel like I'm stuck on trying to find someone who satisfies me, and I'm not enjoying sex as much, but I love to have fun with myself. What can I do to help myself and the future guys I'm with? A confused and horny fan, Christina, 23, Boston. It was me, guys. No, I'm just kidding. What'd you say? It's what? It was me, Christina. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about Christina. I, first of all, you're doing everything that we would tell you to do. I love that you're figuring out your body, what makes you feel yeah. good. So many women, like, these are the messages that we're trying to get across. So I love that you are figuring that out right now. And I don't think it's selfish. I don't think that your standards are too high. But I feel like, I mean, what do you guys think? She can go have sex with someone. I have a thought. Th- yeah. I've yes. had this weird thing where when we started doing the podcast, it got me better at communicating sexually. And one of the right. things that we came out of it was three ways. Stephen and I have had three, three ways since doing the podcast. I kind of accidentally said it on air. He edits it. So he's like, hey, you want to tell me something? And how <laughs> we it. do it is we had this app. Uh, two of them were, we had this app called, it was called Thrinder. Tinder yep. for three ways. Now it's called Field with two E's. And we, my comfort zones after we talked about it were let's go on, let's go out for drinks or go out for coffee first. We will not be going home all together that night. A hundred percent no, so that right. there's no Gotta pressure. Set those, right. Right. And so, but that gave me the opportunity to be like, okay, well, this is something that's sexual. Obviously, we're both on this app and it's, we're not trying to be in a relationship. We just want to have sex. And so I get to ask, like, what do you like? What turns you on? What makes you come? I wanted to meet with you because this, I like cuckolding and I kind of want to see my boyfriend and another woman fuck in front of me. I think that would be really exciting. Is that something you'd be interested in? Or And I just, it just I'm like, damn, I've never. That would have saved me a lot of bad sex if I had that conversation with my fuck buddies. Right, exactly. <laughs> I can't believe, so you told, right, and this is in your book too. In the, and I was thinking for my pussy. Right, exactly. And you that really about, you worried about his judgment, you're like, that would yeah. be hot. Because I'm like, we're all here on this app, clearly we want to have a, po- possibly want to have a three-way with each other, so let's do the interview thing. So why not, Christina, on these dates, you're saying like, why not just, uh, you're these just one-time ask, hookups, it's a one-night stay, great, why not what the better time to do, to do you? You lose nothing, you're like, you're not, you're not, exactly. yeah, you're, all you're doing is uh, possibly communicating to have better sex with I that person. I don't know even knows it's a one-night stand ahead of time, I guess I haven't had, I mean, I, when I'm traveling, never, maybe yeah. I know, but I don't really like, yeah, I'm, I mean, not you're, pre-med- I'm not a pre I'm not for that girl who's on a date and going, well, what's this going to be, are you going to be my future, or whatever, I'm just like, let's be yeah. present, I'm just... That's why my mind works. But I don't think that, um, I think a lot of men would, you know, find that attractive and don't go into it tripping that it's already something that it's not. And, and I if a guy like, doesn't find that attractive that you are into having good sex and want to talk about it first, then maybe that's not the guy you want to fuck. Exactly. 
Well, I think also sometimes women can maybe uh, think that it's a a one night stand just because of the fact that they are having sex like so quickly. And so they can talk themselves out of any future relationship because they're like, well, I had sex day one and I didn't really get to know this person. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't live that way. So it doesn't personally bother me. No, but doesn't it bother? (laughs) Well, of course, I'm saying it bothers me that there's this whole notion of if we have sex on the first date, then that means that we're not going to be. What is it? Stop with your imaginary rules. Rules for yourself Everyone's that are only making up these you. freaking rules. Yeah. It doesn't, there are no, there's no sex police. There's like there no one saying no like, like they're not like, oh, you had sex on the first day. Like, there should be these questions. Like sex positive police. There, there should, should be. be like, hello. Yes. Do you keep going? <laughs> I just don't get it. Okay. So um, the second one, we'll ask another question. So yeah, I think that, well, in some Christina, you're not enjoying sex as much because you're so in your head. And so, cause she's saying she's not enjoying sex with these one night stands. So I feel like, these one night hookups can be what you want them to be. I mean, you'll learn right away if they're not, but just yeah. bring all of you to them. All the great work you've been doing, masturbating, you get an A plus on that. Bring it into these situations. You'll be surprised. Hey, Emily, I love your work. You inspire me. Anyways, I've been dating my boyfriend for a year and a half, long distance, and we only see each other every other month or two. When I do see him, I want to be attached to his penis because I miss sex with him that much. Problem is, my sex drive is way higher than his, and while he insists that I really turn him on, he only wants to have sex a couple times a visit, really only showing affection when he's actually inside me. I miss all the hot and heavy foreplay that makes sex so hot, and I don't mean just making out. I also wish he had said sexy things during the day, sent hot text, grabbed my ass, basically any signs of sexual interest. I've asked him, but he acts like it's a hassle. Mm. I love my boyfriend and it's the best sex I've ever had, but great sex takes effort on both sides and he's not pulling his weight. Is there a way I can gently help him see I need more from him? I feel like we're doomed to have the same vaginal intercourse for 10 minutes before just going to go to bed every single time. Suggesting new things has become exhausting because he never picks up and what I'm putting down. For now, I'm stuck having sex on his terms because it's the only sex I can get. Please help. Aaron, 20, Maryland. I'm Best sure sex you ever had. You, I hear well, she's 20. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is what I'm saying is that well, I hear this a lot from young women. We're like, this is the best relationship I've ever had, but... the best sex I've ever had, but you're 20. And you can't tell everyone, well, you're 20 or 18, which is like you want to do a of lot course. of times. Because when you're 18, you're like, no, but I'm really in love and I'm going to marry this person and sure. it's the best sex I've ever had. So, I mean, I get it. Your sex drives are not going to match up at this young age. And I think that changing... It doesn't sound... It's not good. Right. It doesn't sound sexually compatible. No. No, it's not the best. If you've already had the conversation. And also, like, you can't, I mean, just when you're that young, I don't think you're emotionally mature enough to handle the complexities of a long distance relationship where you're only seeing someone like once a month. That's a really, really challenging thing, even for adults who are really uh, comfortable with themselves. I can't imagine trying to navigate that at age 20. Exactly. There's too much change going on. There's too much finding out who you are. And then, but then, so I feel like you're probably kind of like freezing yourself because you're constantly waiting Mm -hmm. for this Mm -hmm. other person. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just consistently developing. Yeah, it's true. I know. I, I believe that long-term relationships should only, you should only pursue them if you eventually have plans to be living in the same city. Like, give a timeline. It could be happening in three months, six months, nine months. Right. And also, you're very young. You are 20 years old, and that you're already having all these sexual complications. Like, I thought I didn't get to the bottom of it. I'm like, how old is she? She's 20. It's like, mm-hmm. it just already sounds really, really complicated. And you could actually be with someone right now who's in the same city, and you can work on these things. And I do believe, though, for anyone listening, because this is a very common conundrum, yeah. that you're like, how do I get my partner to do what I want? And I've already asked him for it, and he didn't hear it. 
Well, when we're asking our partners for things sexually, the thing is, is that it's a whole new behavior. So if Mm -hmm. someone just says once, like, I really, you know, I really wish you would go down on me more. Let's Mm -hmm. say we hear that a lot. (laughs) Just hearing that, your partner's like, oh yeah, I get it. You want more oral sex, I'll get on that. And then the next time having sex, they might not remember. They're not really sure. Like I did it for a minute. What does that mean? And I don't think that we often have enough information about changing behavior or what that even means. So maybe the partner's not going down on you, for example, because they think you don't like it. They don't know mm. what they're There's just so many layers to it. But when we think we've set, told someone something once, we, we get mad. We're like, oh, I've told them once that I want this. It doesn't work. That these conversations around sex need to be much more expansive and detailed. And so you can't write off a person or a partner because you had that you know, once or twice and then it's done. Like this is, these are the kind of things where you have to figure out how you both learn Mm because it's learning new behaviors, how you both listen. And so just because we think we told our partner something a million times, we probably haven't. They probably didn't hear it right. Um, There's a lot of layers. Also too, I like, like with the going down on, and I I always say when I, when I talk with Steven, like I would say, I love when you go down on me. Right. I really, it's like my favorite thing in the world. Like if that's what I wanted to communicate. Right. And then that, and then that's what he tells me too. And then I respond to that because I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to do that because <laughs> I want to please him. You know? Exactly. So always pleasing, always saying like exactly the compliment sandwich. I love, God, that felt great. I love when you came in and you yeah. like went down on me. You made, you, I, that when you were kissing my neck earlier, I don't know what you were doing. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Reinforce. We love that. <laughs> Okay, guys, this was fun. Thank you You're so awesome. much. Thank you for Thank being you. here. Corinne Fisher, care. Christina Hutchinson. <laughs> um, guys, We Fucked is their awesome podcast, the anti-slut shaming podcast, and Fucked being sexually explorative and self-confident in a world that's screwed. Everyone check out their book. Um, check out their podcast, your social media. We said, shout out again to it. It's SRY about less NYT on Twitter. Sorry about last night, everything else. I'm Christina Hutch. I'm on philanthropy everything. gal on everything. <laughs> yeah. That's great it. work. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank and your you. success. Thank and you. And all the work you're doing helping people. It's amazing. Thank you And so you guys much. are hilarious too. Their podcast is super fun. Thank you for being here. Thank you everyone for listening. Thanks to my amazing team. Thanks to Ken and Jamie, intern Shannon and Jenny, producer Lark and Michael. I love you all. And thanks everyone for listening. Was it good for you? Email me. Feedback at sexwithemily.com. Can you guess what search term is always at the top of the list on sexwithemily.com? It's the womanizer, the toy that has everyone talking from my staff to my guests to hundreds of you who have emailed me. The response is overwhelming. The womanizer is incredible. I nicknamed it the clit whisper because it seems to know exactly what feels best. The Womanizer uses patented pleasure air technology to indirectly stimulate your clitoris with gentle suction and air pressure. It's so effective. Some women have an orgasm in 60 seconds. We weren't sure how you could improve upon the Womanizer, and now they have a new one. It looks like a lipstick. The new Womanizer to go has the same great technology in a body that looks like an oversized lipstick tube. It's so incognito. It makes a great gift. It's a great conversation piece and still gives you amazing orgasms. It's so cute. We've all fallen in love with it. You can just throw it in your purse. It's amazing. To order your Womanizer to go, click on the Womanizer banner on my site or find it at goodvibes.com slash Emily.